Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening and welcome uh, those of you who are joining us live here at Word Up uh, from Bright City Church. Uh, although we're coming from our own homes, uh, Pastor Akin and myself. <laughs> Good to have you with us, Pastor Akin. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Pastor. It's great to be here. Great to be here. I don't know what the wind's like down at your side, but it's uh, it's blowing up uh, something yeah. quite few. Yeah, it is. It's still blowing up a real storm, isn't it? So <laughs> cozy up and join us with our verse-by-verse commentary on Revelation. Yes, do say hi on the comments. We do want this to um, be interactive, as interactive as we can. So we're studying the book of Revelation. We are in chapter two and we hope to uh, we're going to try and get to the end of chapter two today, uh, looking at two more churches. So Revelation, the very first verse, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Get that. This is showing you and I what must soon take place. Hi, Matt. Great to have you. You're watching with Nikki and your mum. Hi, Nikki. And hi, Anne. Lovely to have you with us. And so, wow, this is showing us what will soon take place. Now we're going into obviously hearing about, if you like, an assessment of the seven churches. And we can apply these to how we're doing and um, how our lives measure up to the assessment that Jesus gives of the activities of the churches. It's interesting. This is in the book of Revelation. It's it's kind of got a great significance to the last days. That's why it's in here. And another very interesting thing about this is the very words of Jesus himself. In my Bible, these words are written in red. So we kind of, you know, sit up and take great note. Of course, all of the word of God is 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 God's word. But straight from the mouth of Jesus, there's something about those words. Well, shall I um, pick up on where we left off last time? We heard about um, the angel to the church in Smyrna and the angel to the church in uh, Ephesus. So now we're on, we're, we're speaking to the church or Jesus is speaking to the church in Pergamum. So here we go. Uh, chapter two, verse 12. I'm going to read through to the end of the chapter. Two churches here. To the angel of the church in Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name on it, known only to the one who receives it. 
to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Good evening, Caroline. Good evening, Gift. Lovely to have you with us. We're uh, in Revelation chapter 2, and we're looking at the church in Pergamum. So, um, Pastor Akin, what do we know about Pergamum? I'll get you to pick up there. Go on that bit, yes. Thank you, Pastor. I mean, Pergamon was, um, from what I, I, I've read in a number of commentaries, it was another of those um, major Roman cities. It had a, a reputation in particular for being a, a city that um, worshipped the, the, the Roman emperors. So this was something that they, you know, had a, a big influence over that city. Um, again, another city, I see it as a city that was written that it was... Um, on the, there was a, a trade route. So there was obviously, a, a, if you like, a materially prosperous city, as well as one that was well known for its um, worship of the Roman emperors as well. So there were quite, you know, as it says, that they, I believe that one of the uh, 10 major temples that was in that city was one dedicated to the Roman god uh, Zeus. That was one of the um, yes. things that, that I read about. So um, again, those two things, uh, wealthy city, materialistically wealthy city, yes. but also given over to a lot of pagan worship as well. Thanks. Yes, it says there, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, which is interesting. Um, goodness me. And and so we know that, again, from the commentaries, there was so much idol worship in that. You know, there was lots of temples, lots of idolatry. And where there's lots of idolatry, there's every evil practice, you know, the sexual practices, sort of wicked sexual practices. And um Yes, as you say, the great altar to the tem in the to the temple of Zeus, or, or the great altar of the temple of Zeus was there, and also the temple of Escapulus, which was um, the kind of Roman or one of the gods of medicine, I believe, or, or something to do with medicine. So yes. this was a centre of medicine, in fact, and they had, you know, the, the there's a symbol of medicine which comes from this 
this um this actual idolatry of the mm. serpent with a kind of um what is it round it a wreath a serpent yes. and a wreath and you you'll see that is a symbol in medicine today of course we know that doesn't mean medicine is wicked at all medicine's wonderful a gift from god and we get so much help from medicine today but in those days it was associated with idolatry so yeah there's all that going on and and so there's all that going on yet you remain true to my name you did not it seems like there was significant amount of persecution and you could understand it with all that you know pagan worship all that idolatry going on if you didn't go along with it you know you were the odd one out and so yes. there was persecution and it's even refers to antipas yeah. who was in fact a martyr he was one of my faithful witnesses you saw him martyred basically mm. um jesus is saying and yet you still even though you saw him killed you held out to my name my faith in me and yet knowing that you could also be martyred anything on that one though? amazing yes uh, the, one of the commentaries read as well we're just saying that that even that word martyr it's uh, the, the meaning of that word at that time before we start we started to associate it with um, people who were if you like murdered for their faith was actually it meant witness oh, yes, and, yes, um, and and even his name antipas it meant against all so it's almost as though you know against all the against odds all. against all the mm. pressure or the persecution you know yeah. he he refused to bow down and to worship you know those um pagan gods and uh, he was a, a witness for jesus it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, when we were restarting at the beginning of the book of Revelation, one of the names that Jesus Christ gave himself, he said that he was the true witness. That's how he described himself. And he says that Antipas was actually following in the footsteps of Jesus um, yes. by not bowing down to um, those yeah. pagan gods and being faithful to the Lord. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That word, you know, you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my faithful witnesses. And the association, well, that word, me, we've we've taken the word martyr and there has been you know so many martyrs over the so much martyrdom associated with standing faithful for jesus and uh, i think we may have mentioned it before already there are more martyrs around the world today than in any previous time in history so i hear from various you know um christian organizations that watch the persecuted church Lovely to have you with us, Dee. Um, great. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the study. So great things there. This holding out. It says you remain true to my name. Any anything on that? What does that mean? Does it mean that you're sort of confessing the name? I don't think we need to go into much detail there. It's holding faithful, <laughs> being faithful yeah. to to the Lord's ways and the Lord's. That's it's not right. just saying, you know, I am a Christian, is it? it it's actually holding up that life. with lifestyle and character yes absolutely and it's interesting i don't know the, 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 uh, my translation here says you did not deny my faith and he doesn't he didn't say you didn't deny your faith but i don't know what your translation what you read he says ah, you yes. didn't deny Good. my faith it's, it's, it's my it's me it's, it's 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 the lord you know it's his faith uh, that was working in these christians that enabled them to um to stand in the face of persecution yeah i think that that's important because you know if, if we sometimes look at it and we think so gosh how would i you know we look at ourselves as individuals and think how would i be able to stand in that sort of um if, if i was living in in, in in such a time like that where mm -hmm. you know someone who was a christian has been uh you know executed for, for one one, one for yes, better word yes, yes. you know would i be able to stand 
and it's the Lord is commending them here because you say he's saying that you stood in my faith yes. and it's kind of like because gives us an insight as to how these early Christians were able to stand firm at those times they weren't relying on themselves or their own ability to um to withstand that persecution but it well I think it was really to do with their relationship with with the Lord they so much yes. um, had consecrated themselves and given themselves to the Lord and it was his faith that was operating in their lives that enabled them to actually withstand and to overcome in those difficult situations. Yeah, and I mean this this is right through the the letters to the churches about holding and and maintaining our faithful witness and not denying, not crumbling, but uh, staying faithful to the very end. Um, it, it 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 seems to easily insinuate uh, well for certainly insinuate and we'll we'll be coming to scriptures that show this that you know if you did at some point deny walk away from god you know then your salvation was n not guaranteed you know you, you you would lose your salvation if you walked away from the lord maybe some would say well what well, that meant they weren't really saved that's one thing you hear people say uh, but you you might even hear someone say oh god knows my heart you know, he knows that I, I want him really, but he understands this pressure that I'm under that, you know, say it could be someone in school where they're being ridiculed or in a workplace and uh, you, you don't stand up for uh, your your faith or, or you don't. They say, are you a Christian? And you sort of say, well, no, uh, but God knows, God knows inside my heart really that yeah. I and yet, no, it seems he's looking for a faithful witness. Yes, absolutely. And it's just, it's, it's like you're saying, Pastor, it's like it's so we, um, I think, um, so I, 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 excuse me for digressing a little bit, but no. when we're talking about re revival here and in the light of what the Lord is saying, now that we, when we looked at the Mark's gospel, we saw how courageous the Lord was in the face of all the persecution and the opposition that he faced. Yeah. And so when we, when we come, when we see him here, um, I have to say, unlike myself, he's, he's quite bold. In, in declaring things isn't it? he makes it quite clear what is acceptable to him what he hates and what is unacceptable to him and what the consequences are and we have to uh, you know as we're looking through this script we have to humble ourselves and yeah. make sure that our lives line up with what he is saying mm. and what not, and maybe not what's going on in the world or what's even going on in our own lives yes. we have to re actually look at this word examine our hearts and say you know this is the lord is if he's saying that i hate this and mm. this is not acceptable to me and if we see that in our lives like you just rightly said there we may know we may not get to the point where someone's you know putting a sword to our head or anything like that but it's even it being faithful in the workplace like when yeah. someone says oh are you a christian or do you go to church or mm. do you believe in god or do you believe in jesus for us to we have to draw on his faith to be able yeah. to stand even in times like that you know yeah. to face that ridicule or that mockery it might not get to the place of, of of i don't know the point of death it might do but even in these situations that we find ourselves where people are asking us you know these questions that we need god's boldness and courage to stand and to be a faithful witness to him yeah why would god want us to 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 be that to go through that to do that uh, I, I i could hear people asking and um, I would say it's because in that faithful witness under such great pressure, there's something that shows the authenticity and the reality of God and the real presence of God. And, and we've seen and read in historical accounts, many of them, and maybe we've even seen it in our lives, where it's that person's standing in the face of 
suffering and persecution that has been a huge witness to others and they think yes i want what they have i'm yes. going to choose and even where roman soldiers who were torturing and 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 putting people to death seeing their incredible steadfastness bravery have even on that on that moment converted and said i want this jesus and and they've been executed as well with the martyrs i've read that some some accounts in fox's mm. book of martyrs and maybe you have some of the saints through history have been called the confessor edward the confessor this confessing my faith in the lord jesus christ the lord is my my lord jesus is my lord we had that public confession of matt and nikki mm. And uh, it was Laura as well, uh, you know, in the baptism. There was, there was a public event. Look, people might see me. People might now have have their finger on me because I've confessed and said, I am a Christian. I want everyone to know, everyone to see. But then you are emboldened. You are strengthened in your own faith. And you have a great, powerful encouragement to other people. We better move on. But anyway, we've got the, <laughs> the idea of the witnessing. Anyway, we have nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols. I'll be looking at this story soon by, by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. This was a story where um, from the book of Numbers, it's... Um, the Israelites going through the desert and um, Balak, who was actually a descendant of Lot and the, what's the name of the Moabites? That's right. He was a Moabite. So a descendant of, of a, you know, and a product of, of the Lot's daughters and, and that sin, that sexual sin. And Balak was looking now, he became an enemy of the people of God and looking to stop them on their journey. And he actually asked Balaam, this kind of seer or prophet, to curse them, took them up on these mountains. And we'll hear about it when I preach about it. But, you know, he couldn't. He could only bless. And and so, you know, the Lord's people, as they walked with him, they were protected. And yet, so what he did later on in Numbers he, rather than trying to curse them, he enticed them, he seduced them or persuaded the Moabite women to seduce them and cause them to join with their idolatry and then their sexual immorality. This is what it says in Numbers 25. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices of their gods. The people ate and bowed down before these gods. So Israel joined in worshipping the Baal of Peor and the Lord's anger burned against them. It's talking about this church. It says you're, you're, you've got people there holding to these same spirit, the same teachings, the same enticing and seducing into the idolatry of the world and and the things you know there's we know there's all that idolatry going on over to you pastor akin it's, again it's, pastor, it's just like um you know we always when we look at these things we've, we've always got to to um look them in, in the light of how they apply to us 
and not just Definitely. think that they are just historical things that you know it happened before and we don't worship idols anymore we don't have pagan practices anymore but this, but this is not true you know it, the only thing that they've changed they've changed their form and they've they've changed the, the way that um if you like the the practices are conducted have just changed but but they still take place so when we're looking at the, the, these scriptures, you know, we, we look at it in the light of what is going on in, in the world today. In, in, I'm talking about outside the church, that there is influence in the church. So we look at, are there any um, practices of sexual immorality that are going in, in the world today? And the answer to that is, is a definite yes, they are. Mm. And we, even when we, when we look at um, idolatry, are there things or even things or people that um, people other people actually worship as gods? You know, even if it's themselves, being their, uh, their idol is self, you know, they are their own God. They make yes. their own decisions. They mm. decide what is right and what is wrong, what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And so we, we always have to look at it in, in that light. And, and are these practices, are they be, it being, uh, are they coming into the church? Yes. In one of the previous teachings we, we looked at, um, I think it was the Nicolaitans that we looked at again. And we were saying that, um, you know, that the whole idea behind their teaching was that um, because God is a God of mercy and grace and he has forgiven us all of our sins. So so therefore we can do it whatever we want to do and god will forgive us you know yeah. and that's a false teaching it and is, if jesus yeah. christ is saying that these things are wrong and you need to stop them mm -hmm. then he can't be the same god who would say well it's okay because i'm a god of mercy and of grace so these practices of sexual immorality and um, idolatry as we said before we were looking at them they, they're a, a, a reoccurring theme of what god is really what jesus christ is actually coming uh, and saying that in the church he's seeing these things in the church and if and when we talk about seeing these things in the church, it's in the lives of individual members that are in the church. And so very much so we, we need to when we read these things, uh, we, we need to be able to, you know, to open up our heart and see and ask the Lord to show us, you know, if these things are they are they are they because the the people when he says that there's there's a teaching or there's a practice, it comes through people. It's not yes. something that floats around in the air. It's someone who somehow has um, become enticed or, like you said, seduced by these things. And then that person, whether they have a position of influence or not, is then telling other people that, look, this is, you know, this is this is what I believe. This is what God's word says. Maybe they've been saying things like mm -hmm. God's word says that we can do this or we can do that. And they're bringing that teaching into the church and other people are being influenced by it. Yeah. And so these are the things that we really need to watch out for. What are Even in the church today, Pastor, we look at some things that... Um, even maybe 10, 20 or 30 years ago would not be accepted within the church. But now all of a sudden they've been accepted. And why is that they've, these things have come from outside the church, but they've come in, into the lives of people who brought that in and they brought that teaching. And now that teaching is influencing other Christians within the church. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we think of, um, of course, idolatry. We think of, you know, idol worship, the worship of people and and um celebrity and 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 this kind of me myself i and 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 this such a huge part of culture and my this and my rights and my and it's all about me and and that is snuck into the church that culture and and even we can we can move the scriptures and and say that ah you know i am a this and i am a that and i am nobody nobody can have authority over me because i i i and and we can actually look at it with the wrong lens and it can become idolatry and, and self kind of worship rather than, you know, we think of the humility and the preferring of others and the laying down of our lives. We can miss all that in, in, in our, our look. So that's one form of idolatry. Of course, there's we might even think of where we, we say we might say, hey, look, God is so good and gracious. All roads lead to God. 
all of these people and and we might be promoting um you know those coming together of all faiths to worship together and that might sound uh, like a very sensible thing and yet no it is idolatry it is it is joining with with the worship of of idols so there's that and interesting like a lot of this idolatry and false teaching in every case we think of the nicolaitans we think of here balaam i know we were saying about this earlier and we'll come on to you know the teaching of jezebel that woman jezebel it all leads to sexual immorality is mentioned mm. now what about this sexual immorality we can't get away from it jesus mm. says time and time again the sexual immorality is god saying that sex is evil sex is wrong no 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 we know from the scripture that sex sexual love you know is a gift from god but it's within the marriage bounds within the boundaries of husband and wife coming together to procreate and to enjoy the, one another in sexual love that's an one expression of of love uh, one to another but if we go outside of the bounds of that this then becomes sexual immorality and all sorts of you know varied sexual practices from from slight deviations, we might say, you know, if you like, um, multiple partners, we might say promiscuity, then we go to homosexuality, I'm not saying these are, but uh, all these different and, and terrible things that we read about, you know, uh, even sex with animals and sex with children and all sorts of things. Mm. These are the things that this can lead to. And it's a very, very serious stuff. So I think, you know, why would Jesus continually talk about the committing sexual immorality? If we think about the culture as well that we are in now, where, you know, the sexual boundaries, they, they've been blown away. You yeah. know, and you, you said, Pastor Akin, only a few years ago, there were, there were boundaries in place that we would never believe that the, they would have moved so far in a few years down today. What will it be like in another 10 years, 20 years? You know, we, we, we don't imagine what it might be like. And so we think of these, um, it's, if you like, the, the outworking of our own desires. And, he, and, and the mm. Bible says he gave them over. There comes yes. a point where God's saying, follow my way, do this, this is wrong follow me if you if you follow my ways you will be protected you will have true life and enjoyment these are good for you these practices if you go there it will lead to you know it will lead to heartache it will lead to loneliness it will lead to despair it will lead to breakdown of society disease all sorts of things that's why god puts these boundaries in place but we see the boundaries are ever changing and yet the word of God, I said it this morning, you know, the mm -hmm. grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God is mm -hmm. unchanging. It's, and God has set mean. these standards. They're not mine. They're not Pastor Atkins. Mm -hmm. We're just saying, Lord, this is your way. Your way goes. Yes. I mean, when yes. I was, if I can just say, before I became a Christian, you know, I was in the world and I thought, well, what's wrong with having sexual partners if... Um, yeah, if they're consenting, you know, nobody's getting hurt. You know, mm. what's the problem? Of course, that is the um, the attitude of people today. And yet when I encountered Jesus Christ, I met him. And, and all of a sudden I knew, no, this is my way. And, mm. um, and, and 
by the Holy Spirit, I knew that was wrong. And, you know, we moved into that monogamous, got married, etc. have a beautiful wife and children now. So it, it's part of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I know I'm going on. I better uh, yes. pass the racket. I, think, to... I just think it's, it's I think I, I, know, I know, Pastor, we might be belabored this, but I think it's so important that we're not yeah. deceived. And yes, that was one yes, of the main, yes. one of the reasons why I believe the Lord had emphasis on this. You know, he put a very strong emphasis on this. And, um, you know, I think it's, yes. it's good to encourage believers to to take a good hard look at our own lives because if we are tolerated and, and this is something i think we're going to come to if we're it's one thing for these uh, practices and these teachers and people to be you know influencing others but it's another thing for us to actually tolerate them because sometimes we can we may not we may not be confronting them the way that we should be we might be yeah. tolerating them and then the lord has got a warning against that as well and when we look at the, the lost banners like you rightly said pastor you mean in um i'm just looking at matthew 6 here 28 when he's talking about adultery and he was saying, in, so in 27, he says, oh, you have heard that it was said uh, of those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But then the law goes on to say, but I, I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And it sees actually, he's actually bringing a very strong standard here, which is actually higher than what you have in the world. You know, like you rightly said in the world, people might say, oh, it's okay to have a, you know, have a wife, have a girlfriend, as long as nobody gets hurt. I'm going to say, and they say all these sort of things, which are all lies and which are deception, which can't, they, they don't work anywhere. They're, they're all lies. There's no way you can do that. And um, so the law is actually going even deeper than that, to even our thoughts, you know, the thoughts of yes, our heart, good. because he knows that these, before these things are manifest, it's starts with our thoughts in our heart so if we can you know uh, uh, you know um accept his word mm. you know bring ourselves under submission to his word like you rightly said that even in our thoughts we take authority in in, in the thoughts so that we, it never gets to the place where there's actually any opportunity to, to work it out because of, of we've actually allowed god to take authority in the thoughts so i think it is good that we we emphasize this because he i mean the lord mentioned it time and time again sexual immorality idolatry he's almost like not all of the church but he's mentioned it and uh, i think it's we need we need we really need to take this seriously because yeah. the last thing we want is to have these sort of teachings or practices in in the mm. church in our in, in our yeah. churches and just to say we've all come out of the world and we've all come out of that culture and environment of of a different sexual standards and sexual way don't be condemned but but just turn repentance is is turning and having a change of way and 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 a deciding to to turn and into a new direction and new behaviors and god backs you up when you when you choose to do that he says right i'm going to help you i'm going to enable you to to resist to to choose the new way to get used to the new way to be cleansed and and feel clean to clean your mind so that even all the thoughts and the pictures that were in your mind from those previous sort of sexually um whatever sexually um you know promiscuous days the god can miraculously clean your mind so you're a born again you're like a born again virgin and uh you, you know it's uh, so don't despair if you have yes. come out of that lifestyle that's what god does he he transforms yes. us he cleans us he loves yes. sinners he died for sinners and he says i'm here to set you free to cleanse you now what he's saying to the churches here is once you've been cleansed and had the truth and you're walking with me don't go back there my goodness me if you do you know that that's serious and so um that's what this is talking about here and like you said uh, pastor akin it's even tolerating it 
uh, even if you're not doing it yourself, you know, we mustn't tolerate it going on around us, particularly as leaders. If we see things, we have to confront and that might be difficult. You know, if you've got, say, uh, somebody over here and, and we might think of it as very cheap grace where, you know, look, it's OK. You can do this as long as you you ask for forgiveness afterwards and you be forgive, you know, and, and, and we have to confront these things. Listen, Jesus is saying that the, the kind of standard he requires verse 16 repent therefore otherwise mm. i will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword mm. of my mouth wow i don't want um jesus mm. coming to fight against me or you don't want him to come and fight against you he who hasn't here let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes i will give some of the hidden manna I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. So these things, and we'll look at what they are, are to are only to him or her who overcomes, he's saying. Not not to, you know, those who just say they're a Christian, but to overcoming. What what do you make of this overcoming? What does that mean? Yes. So uh, overcoming, uh, in, in a nutshell, I would just say, you know, as you rightly said there, to repent of those things. So the things that we were previously doing, you stop doing those things. You're no longer doing those things. But as we read earlier, it says that it's by his faith. That was how these, this church was able to hold on uh, to the things that the Lord required of them to do. It, it was by his faith and not by our faith. So to overcome, it's uh, it's to um, to stop doing those things that he said that we should, that we should not do. So yeah. no sexual immorality and no idolatry and yes like you rightly said pastor really you know we, we don't want people to come under any condemnation because they might be thinking you know somebody might be struggling with all of these things but you know the, the lord he never asks us to do anything that he will not enable us to do that he wouldn't give us the grace to do that he doesn't empower us to do so it says let this be an encouragement don't read this and, and come under any condemnation or any guilt because you can become an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You know, the same way that um, Antipas was able to, um, to stand for the Lord when, he, when his life was at stake. So this is, this is the key. His life was at stake, but he was still able to remain a faithful witness to the Lord. So be encouraged here that, as Pastor Reed just said, once you, you, read, you read this, you make a decision to say, yes, Lord, I, I want to be an overcomer. I want to receive those rewards that you have for me. I want to stand for you in this area, just the, the same way that Antipas stood, the, the same way you want to say, I want to stand against um, sexual immorality. I want to stand against idolatry. And I want to be uh, one of those overcomers who receive mm. these, uh, these, these rewards here that we were going to have a quick look into. So let's, let's um, stand with the Lord to say, yes, Lord, Amen. we want Amen. to be yeah. overcomers. Yeah. Great stuff. So the hidden manner, what is, uh, I will give you some of the hidden manner. What did you make yeah. of this one? Yes. I've, I, what I read of that was that, that this, this is a reward of the Lord himself. Because yeah. um, I was reading that he said, that, you know, I, I am the bread of life. Yes. And uh, that, that hidden manner is actually, it's the Lord. You know, you, that the, part of the reward you're going to get is, is you're going to be able to have that intimate f uh, relationship uh, with yes. the Lord. Be, he being the yes. bread of life. Yes. 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 <laughs> I am your very great reward. Uh, yes. The Lord is our, our reward. Yes. I am the bread of life, said Jesus. 
And so, yeah, the hidden manna, we've got, they, they, they experienced, Israel had the visible manna, didn't they? A manna means, you know, what is it? What's this stuff? It was almost like um, flakes on the ground and, uh, and that sustained them miraculously through the wilderness. And God now, Jesus, in the same way, sustains us by his power through the wilderness of persecution, if you like, or as strangers and aliens in the world as we're sojourning, traveling through on our way to the celestial city, on our way mm -hmm. to our heavenly home. He says, I will sustain you. I will be with you. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it. What about this white mm -hmm. stone? What does that mean, uh, Pastor yeah, we, we spoke about the earlier past. It's, it's um, different. You know, there, there's a number of things. Um, the white stone could represent uh, in, in those days. It was kind of like a, an invitation to maybe to attend, for example, a, a royal banquet. It could have been that. Um, we also read about the white stone being uh, we spoke about the uh, the court system that uh, there was uh, when, when if you if you had a, a case in court and uh, if you had a white stone in your favor, it meant not guilty black stone meant that you were guilty so if you had a white stone it's almost like an acquittal you know you, the case against you has is, right. is has been yes. cancelled and you're, you're you've been uh, you've been declared not you've been declared not guilty yeah, um I read, read one other thing the white stone could also represent something that say uh, was something that uh, you know people who are in a intimate relationship they, they would eat they would um have these stones and give these stones to each other. So it's a bit like um, on Valentine's Day when we, you know, we give uh, <laughs> give ourselves cards, mementos, and we put, you know, the names in there. Did you, you know, get my your dearest, Tunde anything this Valentine's? Well, I, I didn't get. I, I did get something actually. I did. <laughs> Surprisingly, well I got done, a card. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not saying about me. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, well, I think the great thing, Lord, is that uh, also it says that your 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 um a name will be written on it, a name that only the receipt the recipient will know as well. <clears throat> yeah, so it's something you know, it's it? quite it's quite intimate and it, yes. and it's quite um, personal as well. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously based on our relationship with with the Lord. It's a, it's a great re reward to receive from God for being an overcomer. Yes, getting a new name. Wow. Well, you know, we are a new creation, aren't we? And uh, old things are gone and all things are new and uh, we'll have a new resurrection body. We'll be ruling and reigning with him. And, and it refers to that uh, later on very soon in this letter uh, or these letters. So, uh, yeah, I, I was actually related to that. It, it says, you know, do not do not worry about the the sufferings and things you might be going through right now, they are nothing compared to the glory and the wonders to be given, the rewards of those who overcome. That's in one of the letters, um, mm -hmm. do you, uh, one, of, one, of, one of the New Testament letters. Um, I, I think it might be Peter, but I'm not 100% sure. So let's go on to the angel of the church in Thyatira. So yes, now... These are the eyes. Again, we've got a description there. It's a description of Jesus, the eyes of blazing fire, other aspect of him whose feet are like burnished bronze. Jesus says again, I know your deeds, says this every almost in every letter. You know, the Lord knows our deeds. It's interesting. He doesn't say, I know your faith so much. Yes, he mentioned the faith earlier, mm. but it's something about our deeds. You know, mm. faith mm. without deeds is worthless. It, 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 our deeds do, you know, authenticate our faith. 
Our deeds show that our faith is real. So I know your deeds. It's got your love, your mm. faith, your service, your perseverance. Look at those things. No. Let's ask ourselves, do we have that love for God, love for others? Faith holding out to Jesus, our faith in him, our faith to hold on to his ways, to his calling and commission your service your works that you're doing for jesus your perseverance your keeping going keeping going that's a continual theme as well all the way through your perseverance have you kept going to the end if you and it says later on in this letter to him who overcomes and does my will to the end perseverance is not how we start it's how mm. we go on how we keep going and actually our perseverance another word other words are long suffering um, you know, there's a sense of that, again, is a sign of authentic faith. You know, there are those who come and go. There are those who, you know, we, we know in the parable of the seeds and the sower, you know, those who quickly sprout up and way. But but when when troubles come, they shrivel away and, and, and go. And we many of us will know people like that. But God will help you to persevere and overcome. It's very important. So let God help you let god help you with your deeds your love your faith your service your perseverance and it, it goes on to say that you are now doing more than you did at first it's a great wow. start isn't it mm. yes great that's start, amazing it, yes it's like that like you said earlier previously before we, before we came on air it's like they, they started doing these things and rather than you know fall away or even just maintain what they were doing they were actually they were getting better so that the love was getting deeper and the faith was getting stronger and uh, that perseverance as well getting getting stronger and the works the service they, they were it was increasing and so um it, it, this is a, it's an amazing testimony yeah. of, of of what our lives what we should aspire to like when we look back and say no things are we're improving we're getting better as the word of god says we're going from one level of glory to the next and increasing uh, the, the, those things that so like he said the works the deeds that we're doing for the Lord. I think that's so important is that you pointed that out. That there is, there has to be something that's seen. There you can't just say seen. I've got yes. faith or I've got love and there, there's no ex expression of any of those things in yes. our lives. Yeah. So let's ask ourselves, you know, what are our deeds? What deeds is the Lord leading you to, to do for him? The, the Lord's given you gifts. The Lord's given you um, things that you're naturally good at, things that you have, uh, a desire to do even well you, you may not have had them previously until you became a Christian and the Holy Spirit has given you something now that you you find you know you're suddenly gifted with and you, you want to serve him with so um, let's think about our deeds are you um, practicing deeds for the Lord it, it talks about the works that God has prepared in advance for us to do and so ask the Lord, what are the works that you've prepared in advance for me to do, Lord? I know that there are works. I know there are works, are deeds. And, and so, Lord, you have you've prepared them. You've gifted me for them. You're giving me a desire by your Holy Spirit to get involved, to do them. These won't be things necessarily that, you know, you, you don't want to do. 
Um, although we do have that, not my will, but your will, Lord. Um, but but there are gifts. Yes, so Dee's putting there Ephesians 2.10. Is that referring to the gifts, uh, Dee? <laughs> yeah. We'll come to the end of this before we go into, nevertheless, I have this against you. After such a great commendation, we'll be hearing next time about what was the problem for the church in Thyatira who seemingly were doing so well, but there was a problem. They were tolerating something in their midst. It was like, and that was like a cancer. It was like, a, you know, if you let something in and tolerate something, it can... You know, we, we know that a bad apple can spoil the whole barrel. And it's so true. We've got to be very careful what we tolerate. Um, Pastor Akin, I'll let you have the last word before we say goodnight. Anything on that? Yes, it, it's, it's just like you said. The Lord himself said about the, the teaching of the Pharisees, didn't he? He said that, you know, a little leaven, you know, it's, it, it, you know, like you rightly said, just a little bit. And so that's why we've got to be so careful that. And I believe that, you know, before we actually do things, a lot of the times that, that it's the thought. It starts with our thoughts. And if we can learn to let the Lord, you know, help us in our, with, with controlling our thought life, that will stop us from actually doing these things that the, yeah. the bad deeds, because there are bad deeds as well as good deeds. Yeah. So we want to do the good ones Amen. and not do the bad ones. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Once we get to the end of chapter three, we'll have finished looking at the churches. Then we come to a, a heavenly vision um, from the, the heavenly perspective the God and the angels, God the Father and God the Son, are looking forward into the um, the things of the end. And there's an opening of the scroll and all the seals and the trumpets. And we'll be looking at uh, all of the events that are soon to take place according to Scripture. So uh, that'd be great. We won't be doing that next week because next week is Make Room. So do join us in the Make Room at Bright City Church at uh, 6.30. That's going to be wonderful. To him who overcomes, thank you, Lord, that you help us to overcome. Yes, Chantil, that we will receive your reward. Let's pray, finishing like that. Thank you, Chantil. Yes, Lord, we thank yes, you Lord. that you give us the grace and the power and the help and your very presence to help us overcome. And today, Lord, we choose you. We choose your way. We choose your spirit and your power. Fill us afresh right now. Every person joined here to overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. Deep in our hearts, we do believe we shall overcome someday. Bless you all. Amen. Thanks so much. And, uh, so, and just about to eat dinner cooked by Stephen. Chicken and chorizo <laughs> tray bake. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Enjoy that. And God bless everyone. Thanks, Pastor Akin. Thank you, Pastor Akin. God bless. Bye. Bye bye.